and welcome to this week's Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best events happening in and around Oxford. Today's date is Wednesday the 2nd of November and this week Michael will give us a music roundup. Uh, I've got rude words and rodents, but first here's Jen with a banging fireworks rundown. <laughs> Super, so uh, normally most, I suppose five years out of seven i guess um fireworks day will fall between two weekends and so we get extra fireworks whereas this time of course it's all packed into saturday so most of the displays that we have for you are actually on the saturday but if you are very keen you can do friday night saturday night and sunday night fireworks so I know we want to condense it this year and we have to you know, live on those memories for the rest of the year. Um, okay, so on Friday, the, uh, that's this Friday, Friday the 4th of November, uh, there are displays at Kidlington uh, Stratfield Break, at Botley School, Elms Road. Um, the 22nd Oxford Sea Scouts are having a display on Meadow Lane. Um, and there's a big one in Didcot, Didcot Family Fireworks and Bonfire at the Football Club. Uh, all of those uh, do charge entry. Um, the Sea Scouts are a particularly good cause. They do all the Christmas trees and things as oh, well right. later in the year. So um, that's I think this is one of their main money-making events of the year. On Saturday, where most of the displays are happening, uh, obviously the big one uh, for Oxford Central is Oxford Round Table Fireworks in South Park. Um, that's uh, yeah, that's the granddaddy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got live music from Jack FM and a fun fair and a huge bonfire and mm-hmm. all the rest of it. Um, if you want particularly child-friendly displays on Saturday, there is one at Barracks Lane Garden, starting at 2pm, big bonfire, no really loud bangs for this one, but some live music from Nick Cope and other nice things. Um, and there's another child-friendly one at the uh, Story Museum, and that's a book launch of Nixie the Bad Bad Fairy and Firework Fun, and they recommend ages five to eight for that one. Mm. Um, and then there are lots and lots of others on Saturday. So Dorchester on Thames, uh, that's the village display. A firewalk and fireworks. Uh, you need to sign up for the firewalk before the night um, for this one. So no getting drunk and suddenly deciding it's a good idea. Um, <laughs> that's at the Nags Head in Abingdon. Um, there's Bonfire Night at the Plough in Wolvercote. Um, that's always a nice one. Very community-based, um, free tickets. And, of course, it's in the pub garden, so there's plenty of drink on tap. Um, uh, one at Wallingford. Uh, that's a charity one. Bista Roundtable Fireworks. Standlake Cokethorpe Sea Scouts. Um, that's a Standlake, obviously. Uh, Tame. Uh, that's your neck of the woods, Katie. Is that yes. a good one? Uh, yes, I hear... Very good things for never my been friends. To it. No, I ha- never have. No, is uh, that because we're always at the um, the South Park one? No, it's because it's a relative's birthday that day, so I never oh. really get there. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it's my mum's birthday, very close to fireworks yeah. day, but um, she loves fireworks, so that's handy. That doesn't stop us going to. <laughs> Um, cool, that's all the um, Saturday ones. And then Sunday, there's just one display. So if you're really keen to get more fireworks, head to Fritwell. Um, Fritwell is between Bister and Banbury, for those of you who are based in the south of the county. Um, so it's just a short hop up the M40 and uh, their fireworks start at 5pm. So you can even you know get to bed at a reasonable time on a school night. Um, all of the times and prices and details and everything else are on our fireworks page. That's dailyinfo.co.uk slash fireworks. And uh, yeah, we, we recommend 
most of these. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it sounds, because they're all condensed this weekend, it sounds as if, if you're driving through the county for any reason <laughs> on these nights, you're going to see a lot of displays one way or another. Um, and we also have some poems on our website. So if you are desperate for fireworks in another form, um, we recommend having a look at those as well. And you can appreciate them aesthetically and artistically and from the comfort of your own chair. Do you love to sing, but you can't quite hold the tune? Well, now it's your chance to sing your heart out with equally minded people as part of the Tuneless Choir, uh, which has spread across the country like wildfire. The launch of the Oxford brand is happening tonight at the North Oxford Association at 7.45, and I spoke to Angela Knapp, choir leader, about what's happening tonight. Unusually, we're going to start with drinks, Hmm. um, which you can probably understand is a good idea um so it'll get people to loosen up a little bit and also start socializing because quite frankly this is a social club um that just happens to to do something musical um i don't consider it a musical thing um first and foremost it's it's uh, it's a social thing so we'll have drinks um and uh then we'll uh do a little bit of a warm-up vocal and physical um so loosening up in every way and then I've got a list of um, popular songs that we'll do for example um, Baggy Trousers, I'm a Believer (laughs) I'll Be There For You Ah. Dream A Little Dream Of Me, Happy Together these sort of things actually I've chosen them because they've got sort of friendly things the Baggy Trousers one is a bit is is for the all the nasty teachers in school (laughs) I was a teacher but Ah. not of that kind Um, and the the tuneless um, sort of anthem has evolved into Delilah. Everybody sings that, and you can imagine. And of course, all the men go do 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, the men can sing the tune, and they don't normally get the chance. No. But everybody sings. And when you get, to, I've been to a couple of these. Mm-hmm. I've been to one in Nottingham, and I've been to one in Maidenhead. And I just came away buzzing. It's such fun. People sing whatever they like. Yeah. You know, I would have thought. Um, you know, that would be anathema to me, but I'm grown up now and I can I can understand that I've been missing this all yeah. these years. <laughs> Listen to the full Oxcast Extra interview to find out more about the movement and what Angela thinks the benefits of singing are. Yeah. I think this is a great idea. Oh. I think more people should, everyone should sing. Everyone should have the chance to sing. It's great. Yes. <laughs> Get it, those lungs worked out. It's a lot of yeah, fun. It's to a just physical sort of, thing. And yeah. Just belt something out and not worry that you're bringing down the choir. As it were. <laughs> you're not going to make anyone's ears bleed or anything like that. <laughs> and I think the more people who sing with confidence, probably the better singing as well. Hmm. If you can't make tonight's session, um, they will be continuing until the 14th of December. So that's every Wednesday at the North Oxford Association in Summertown. It starts at 8 until 9.30 p.m. And it's £10 for your first session, £7 if you pay as you go, or £5 if you pay in advance. From music making to music appreciation, now, um, and a few... (laughs) Thanks. And a roundup of a few things happening at the weekend, um, focusing on one item in particular. Uh, This Friday at the Bullingdon um, is Audioscope 16. What is... Yes, exactly. (laughs) Woohoo! 
What is audioscope? How do you audioscope? <laughs> well, you, you, you just audioscope, of course. It's an annual gig taking various forms from year to year, uh, which raises money for the homelessness charity Shelter. And if it's quite eclectic and different, different things can be involved, but sort of in the art rock, post-rock, dance, avant-garde area, in the, somewhere in, those, in the Venn diagram that looks like that. Um, and it's been running since 2001. So previous acts like Fortet, Deer Hoof, and Explosions in the Sky. Oh, that's so cool! <laughs> have graced audioscopes at various stages over the years. And the previous events have been like art gallery shows, and they even once ran a football tournament for Oxford musicians. Um, <laughs> Who won? Oh, I fish, I'm sorry. It's usually been an all-day festival, and this year it's focused on one night of mind-blowing, face-melting music. <laughs> so they welcome back Nought, who feature Thurston Moore's guitarist, Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth. Okay, big names here. And erstwhile Oxford legend James Sedwards, um, who the great... Yeah, oh, okay. You may James not... Sedwards. You may... Sedwards, it's a real name, and you may not have heard of him, but no less than John Peters said, James Sedwards was the first person who's not a footballer that I've actually been jealous of. <laughs> John Peters loved this guy, and thought his skills were second to none. Uh, so, hardcore, jazz, math, rock, and everything else gets thrown into a blender and ends up sounding... A cool... Tomega. His new album, The Shape of the Dance, is beloved by the quietest... Amazing, somewhere between jazz and dance and synths gliding all over the place. Loving the band names this week. Uh, ben Duval of Ex Easter Island Head. Oh. Yes, Ex Easter Island Head. Um, they were, takes a sort of um, modern classical approach to electric guitars. It's a piece designed for prepared guitars and FM radio and vibration speakers and kind of has to be heard to be believed. Finally, a seminal piece from 1977, Guitar Trio by Reese Chatham, which in a way is kind of the philosophical endpoint of punk. It's like, how much can you get out of one chord? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually really cool. But it's being, being presented by the Oxford Guitar Orchestra, which I don't think is something real, but they've got it together <laughs> for, uh, for this event and it's a hand-picked lineup of Oxford mu- musicians including members of Young Knives and Kid Kin. So they're going to be droning through that single chord and uh, and to see a clip of them in rehearsal and to open a mood-enhancing Spotify playlist that will also give you an idea of all the wonderful sounds that these bands will be making. Uh, follow at Audioscoop on Twitter. That's Audioscoop 16. It's this Friday at the Bullingdon at 7pm and tickets are just £7 each. Bargain. Also on Friday evening, and the pronunciation police can get me if necessary. <laughs> it's Uziko with some vintage Finnish tango. What? I'm cool. only mentioning it because I get to use the phrase vintage Finnish tango. <laughs> of course, there is such a thing. You think it's all Argentine? It's also Finnish. Um, who are really cool? Uh, they're going to be doing their thing at Linnerco College. Um, on Friday from 8, tickets are £10, £8 concession. Probably going to actually issue a 12A rating for this um, item because it contains scenes of violence and menace. <laughs> <clears throat> and indeed the event as a, as a suggested 12+. plus. Uh, music at Oxford are putting on a great concert this Sunday. 
um, at St. Barnabas's Church up in Jericho. Uh, it's by the life and music of Italian Renaissance composer Carlo Gesualdo. What a name! <laughs> Carlo Gesualdo. Um, including a selection of his madrigals. Uh, so his approach to what at the time would have been considered very dissonant harmony uh, means that his prescience has been recognised by 20th century composers like Stravinsky um, and indeed inspires the title for the evening, which is Breaking the Rules. <laughs> However, Breaking the Rules is also an appropriate name for the performance's non-musical element. So actor Gerald Kidd will be portraying Gesualdo. Um, giving an imagined testimony based on what's known of his frankly lurid biography. So, yeah, here's here's where the here's where the warnings come. Okay, sensitive disposition. Listen away now. <laughs> um, so he was a great nephew of the Pope. Um, I'm still wondering yeah. where this twelve A is going to come. <laughs> <laughs> it's already happened. He's a great nephew of the Pope. That's terrifying. Uh, no, and a lutenist, a harpsichordist, and guitarist. And then, uh, hus- husband to a murdered wife, but not in a righteous Russell Crowe kind of way. <laughs> uh, it's believed, uh, strongly believed, that he found his wife in flagrante with another dude um, and rather brutally dispatched them both. Uh, oh. On the sp- yeah, um. I know. It got, it got pretty nasty. Um, the, the, the transcripts of the trial are like... Ugh. Legends speak of him being demonically possessed and rumours of what? his... But yeah, we we don't we don't know really, um, and slightly more sober suggestions of uh, bipolar disorder. Uh, so there's like an extended trailer online you can see on the Music at Oxford website to to get an idea of what's going on and the, the kind of juxtaposition of a dramatic monologue and the accompanying really beautiful and rather daring choral music from many centuries ago is a really interesting prospect. Mm. Um, so yeah, Music at Oxford. I'm, Great season uh, running to next year. So tickets are fifteen to thirty pounds available online, and that's seven thirty at St Barnabas Church in Jericho this Sunday. Mm. That sounds amazing. It is pretty amazing. Do you know the Victorians did quite a bit of censorship of some of the really early works of that sort of choral music because they'd contain sort of really scrunchy chords with semitones in them, yeah. which would then resolve. But the uh, Victorians described it as an intolerably harsh sound. <laughs> Taking them out, making them into nice sort of fifths and thirds and things, yeah, and yeah. cleaning it up. People had to put it back again years later. That is so strange. So, such prudery. The idea it the could legs. be that powerful just to have a really dark, scrunchy. Well, as it can be. It certainly it's, can, but uh, we're not in a sort of needing censorship. So, well, I yeah. would suggest. Yeah. Cover up the ears I'm sure of your they child. didn't like his biography either. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really... Well, I bet they would love it, because they loved all the, like... What's it? Um, Jack the Ripper's Yeah, all the... What's it called? Penny, Penny Dreadful. Dreadful. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> they loved all that. They loved tales of horror, as long as it wasn't in their sphere. Maybe. Well, I guess if it's Maybe. kind of in, somewhere in fiction, then it's fine. But this guy, this is really interesting. Really interesting in lots of different ways. And um, a little bit back, like, in the at the end of end of his life he got very musically exploratory and it didn't really transfer onto the rest of culture immediately and it sort mm. of took either it, it took quite a while for um, people to be that um, kind of experimental or for influence to take hold um, 
also the the end of the end of the story for him was that being rather well off and related to the Pope, he was absolved of all charges and oh, it was absolutely fine. Um, it was, ended up being the prince of some southern region of southern Italy. Oh right. And yeah, <laughs> you can get away with this kind of stuff if you write beautiful music and are related to popes. <laughs> Life lesson there for us all, I think. Yeah. <laughs> So I've got some talks that caught my eye this week, uh, starting with Blasphemy, Historical Bygone and Modern Crime at the Museum of Oxford on Thursday at 6pm. So I had to look up the definition of blasphemy because I wasn't entirely sure. And the definition is the action or offence of speaking sacrilegiously about God or sacred things. So uh, some people have said that Kanye West's album, Jesus, is blasphemy because he's comparing himself to jesus it's really interesting (laughs) certainly pretty (laughs) big-headed yeah pretty yeah (laughs) i don't think he has a problem with his self-esteem this lecture examines how blasphemy evolved in the west from the medieval to the modern period concluding with observations on this subject in the contemporary world and how some of these issues might be approached in the future by cultures governments institutions and individuals seeking to resolve them there's actually a blasphemy day i think in the states so that this issue can be discussed openly without fear of being in trouble which is fascinating (laughs) what kind of trouble would they expect the other 364 days of the year in the states i'm not sure about the states but in but in other countries, uh, blasphemers can be put to death or imprisoned or have other such awful things happen to them. So I had a little Google. Um, sorry, I don't read books to find my information. <laughs> History. Who <laughs> has time for books these days? <laughs> exactly. Um, and found out some TV shows which have been accused of blasphemy. Um, the ones that stood out the most to me were Sex in the City, just when did it? Mm-hmm. I'd be kind of surprised if they hadn't managed to do something. <laughs> it was to do with a painting of a woman who was uh, painted as Jesus on the cross. So it was with a female Jesus. Jesus. With sort of Manlo Blahniks on or something. I think surely. so. Surely. surely. <laughs> <laughs> the big handbag. <laughs> Family Guy. That, that's not really surprising <laughs> to me. Uh, South Park and The Simpsons, actually, which was a little bit surprising. Something that sort of came to mind while researching this was the uproar which surrounded Monty Python's Life of Brian when that was released. Mm. Um, And that was said to be blasphemous with many cinemas banning it from being shown due to fears that it would cause offence. So it was sort of censorship before anyone could complain. Interesting. Uh, Humorous representation of the debacle uh, that followed. I recommend watching Holy Flying Circus, which was on uh, BBC Four a few years ago but it's available on dvd and it's very very funny and really explores the issue in a lot of depth and with a lot of humor so that's blasphemy at the museum of oxford on thursday at 6 p.m and it's free the second talk which caught my eye is uh somewhat more light-hearted and it's tv tales for tinies and this edition is featuring michael de souza who is the creator of Rasta Mouse. Hooray! Possibly the best TV show on CBeebies. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, that's on at the Story Museum on Sunday at 2pm and costs £7 or £5 for concessions. This series of events is designed to explore some of your favourite TV characters and bring them to life beyond the screen. So you get to meet Michael and I guess Rastamouse <laughs> and enjoy some storytelling. Um, this is suitable for ages 3 to 6 and is followed by a book signing. So that's Rastamouse at the Story Museum on Sunday at 2pm. Enjoy. Right, well, this week in the theatre is grim. <laughs> um, we have got uh, a, a couple of things uh, which require a, a strong stomach and a strong force of will, I think. Okay, uh, okay so uh, at the Playhouse this week, uh, The Nether, which is uh, a student piece about an alarmingly possible future. Um, so it's about uh, a virtual wonderland where you can act out disturbing fantasies. Um, it covers the themes of paedophilia, loneliness, moral anxieties, and it focuses on a police investigation, which oh, is trying no. to grapple with these themes. Uh, it's at 7.30 this week. Uh, the age guideline is 16+, plus, and I have to say I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, or if you don't fancy that, you can go to the Trojan Women, oh. which is Euripides classic tragedy, but reset in the mother and baby unit of a prison. So ancient <laughs> gods and... <laughs> Uh, a world where feminism has not been invented collides with the world of guns, television and iPhones. And uh, that's Tuesday to Saturday, also at 7.30 um, this week. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> if you don't fancy that, <laughs> uh, if you get in quick, uh, then tonight, Wednesday night, uh, Jesus and the Sisters, uh, which sounds a lot more fun, I have to say, uh, Jericho Tavern uh, at 8pm. Blasphemy! Is- yeah. <laughs> Very blasphemous. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm sure this play is a crime in many, many places, but fortunately not here. Um, yeah, so this features the Messiah uh, and her sisters and uh, multi-gender sisters. And it says that cabaret meets comedy meets tomfoolery meets therapy. Oh. So, uh, on, and on Friday, at the, also at the Playhouse, uh, at 5pm, so part of the sort of early afternoon series of things, um, Live Canon, who are an excellent group who are dedicated to bringing poems alive. So they're very much about spoken word, but not specifically spoken word poetry, but poetry out loud. So Glyn Maxwell is one of the Live Canon team, and he uh, has written a lovely book about poetry, which is very much about the difference between poetry and song lyrics and the, you know how poetry sits on the page. But also, it's got to sound right out loud, and if your poem doesn't sing, then it's, you know not a full poem anyway so uh yes so they have invited 154 poets to write new poems in response to uh shakespeare's 154 sonnets um and this is the resulting show and it'll be short and interesting and there is no age limit on this one (laughs) suitable (laughs) for everybody next week uh the theater gets considerably more fringy and mad um, uh, at the BT all week is the cuppers competition so cuppers means any sort of inter-college competition um, in Oxford University this is the Oxford University Dramatic Society and really it's about getting all the freshers involved in the drama scene as quickly as possible so that they can then <laughs> steal their souls and keep them for the next three years and uh, absor- yes, absorb them and, and uh, cause them to forget their essays entirely um, so yeah the the drama scene in Oxford is enormous um, they say 150 student productions every year 
Um, and it's no wonder that every theatre and lecture hall and college space and garden and everything is filled with drama all year round. Um, so the cuppers competition is teams composed entirely of freshers. They're given 45-minute slots. Every ticket is a pound. Um, some of the tickets are apparently quite inventive. Um in take the form of things that are not on paper um and uh yeah so i think basically any point next week <laughs> go into the bt and you will see some mad things <laughs> <laughs> and yeah it's like a fringe festival it's, it's got rapid turnaround um uh, prizes are awarded at the end of the week uh, in various categories some of which will be made up on the spot i gather that prizes aren't really the main point of the whole exercise though um and uh, yeah i think the only one of us who's taken part in this is susie so i should let her tell this anecdote but i believe her team uh, took part in this and performed part of a play um and managed somehow to miss out a scene unfortunately it was a scene in which the main protagonist got shot <laughs> so try to cover up the mistake and work in some plot extemporizing <laughs> made things rather difficult um i don't think they won but i i, I should probably consult her on this you should have got a special award for that i think so yeah. a, a reward for recovering from it <laughs> yeah recovering from being shot <laughs> They got better. Um, Yeah, so I think that will be some fun. And lastly, but not leastly, to the cinema. The UPV has had a wonderful idea and is introducing its Critics Fortnight beginning this Monday, the 7th. So at the Critics Fortnight, um, six national film critics will present and speak about uh, will present and speak about the movies that spark their interest in cinema. So expect to hear some very informed opinion and learn some background behind these movies. And if you entirely disagree with what the critic says, then there's a half-hour Q&A after the screening, which you can have at them and, and suggest they're wrong on every count, which is especially fun. I always love Q&As that are more A and A. Here's why you are wrong in five points. So, uh, the season that starts on Monday with the controversial 60s psychological thriller uh, Peeping Tom, being presented by columnist Catherine Bray. Next Wednesday, the 9th, um, Run Lola Run returns at uh, cinemas, being chatted about by Mike McCackle, who writes for everyone. Um, this was our film of the week a few months back, mm. I remember when it was at the Phoenix, but I'm sure there's anything good going to go this time. Love Run Lola Run. It's so cool. And it'll probably actually be the length of a, a normal bloated film when it's got the Q&A yes. and stuff. <laughs> it's, it's really it's like... It's quite short, isn't it? Just really to the... And then the following Friday, uh, Sophie Monks Kaufman, who writes for Little White Lies, the popular music website, um, will be presenting Fear Eats the Soul, um, radical West German um, 70s film from Rainer Vayner Fassbinder. <laughs> something a little more pronounceable um, on Sunday it's, it's going to be 4.30pm all the other ones are in the evening Pulp Fiction someone had to go Tarantino didn't they <laughs> and that's Oxford's very own James Luxford the season's penultimate screening on the evening of Tuesday the 15th um, kind of refreshing considering the other ones around it uh, Daily Telegraph critic Tim Ruby will present Nidy's comedy caper Mouse Hunt now <laughs> I, which I did see in the cinema as a nipper. When it, um, more mice, great. Um, it was a long time ago, and assumed it was only watched by children on bank holidays now. But it's here being hailed as a classic. Have you seen mice? I, I saw it when I was little, yeah. You did? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it's aged very well. 
Um, uh, so it's a farce, slapstick all over the place, and is Roldal dark when called for. So two brothers, it's Nathan Lane and Lee Evans being great. Um, and uh, gummigal, theatrical and elastic. Uh, they inherit their father's mansion and have to sell it on, but are thwarted at every turn by a rodent. Um, 60 mice were trained for the lead role. Um, <laughs> Only this. one survived. No, no, I think, I think it's got a cast of many as the, t- the, the title mouse uh, in this pre-CGI comedy. And it's worth the price of admission to see the exterminator they hire uh, to, to get rid of the mice. He's a never more chilling Christopher Walken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's actually really good. Uh, this sounds great. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is... Uh, it is fun, so I'm I'm going to I'm going to at least watch it again, um, so when it's when it's on TV as it often is, on the beep. And the season ends with um, Ray Winston being gritty and Larry and nil by mouth uh, on Thursday the sixth. So fun idea altogether. The season was uh, devised apparently as part of a project by uh, Oxford Brookes Film Studies student Benedict C. So there's more details on all of these events on our website, dailyinfo.co.uk, and the fireworks page, remember, is slash fireworks, everything else slash events. So be sociable with us and follow us on social media. On Instagram and Twitter, we are Daily Info Oxford, and Facebook, we are Daily Info Ox. We like to be different. If you've enjoyed listening to our chin wagging, then why not subscribe to the podcast so it's delivered to your device every week. We're on iTunes at Daily Info Oxford.